0: to the bloke and the bird show for starters because if we don't mention it now we're gonna forget it um there's no show next week i'll be traveling so since just like i won't do a show solo you definitely won't do, do a show solo
1: well the fact i don't know how to use the equipment would be one of those reasons i mean i could do a show entirely on my own but it wouldn't be recorded I could come up here and like turn on my microphone and start talking, but I don't know how to make anything else happen.
0: That's what happens most evenings, though. We wonder why you do that.
1: (laughs) Are you saying I just talk into a microphone for no apparent reason? And you've just shared this with the thousands of people that listen to The Bloke and the Bird Show? Yes. I don't just randomly (laughs) talk into a microphone for no reason.
0: Oh, for no reason. <laughs> no.
1: I always have a reason when I talk into a microphone.
0: So the other thing is, a little bit of good news, after going long last week, we probably won't go quite as long this week.
1: Don't make that promise. You never know what I tangent did, I can take us on.
0: I didn't say we wouldn't go long. I said we wouldn't go quite as long.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So for those <laughs> people I that are still, still trying to finish up last week's show, yeah. you might have a chance.
0: So... Let's start off with the easy story. The easy story? The super easy story. So word came out this week, not that word, different word, came out this week that uh, the Singapore Grand Prix will continue to host the race until at least 2021. Yay! Told you, the easy story.
1: Okay. Because every other announcement in the world has started to flow out and somebody's gonna need a scorecard to follow this is the
0: time of year that this kind of stuff happens you know the the rumors hype up because silly season truly ramps up i mean i could play the silly season music we're not going to
1: i think quite frankly we need to like start using like that that old 80s song who's zooming who as the silly season music because it's like who's going with who and who's moving here and who's doing this
0: I don't believe I'm familiar with that song, but okay.
1: Really? Anyway. Oh, my word. We really did have two completely different backgrounds, didn't we? Yeah. Anyway. So, so- the other question
0: that folks have, not, not they're not asking it a lot, but they're asking it is, what is Nico
1: Rosberg up to? Nobody is asking that question. <laughs> well, Honestly, I'm... no one, not even the commentators on Channel 4 are asking what former world champion Nico Rosberg is doing right now.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you anyway.
1: Because nobody cares.
0: And actually, I, I just noticed this in the article that, that BBC ran on this had a actually, I think, a pretty cool picture. It's a picture from carding days of Nico... Lewis, and Robert Kubica. Oh. And the reason why that, that is significant is because Nico has now joined Robert Kubica's management team. Oh. And the latest rumor around Robert is that uh, he may be getting a uh, an opportunity to test in the Williams car.
1: Oh, that would be nice.
0: Well, you know, you think about it. There's some questions about what they're going to do for drivers. Even if
1: they keep Lance,
0: which you got to assume that Daddy Stroll is going to keep going and, and pumping money into them so that they want to keep him around.
1: Well, and in his crashy defense, he has started to make some improvements.
0: He's made some improvements. I don't think he's quite there yet. I don't agree with Eddie Jordan. I, I, I don't think he has quite shown that he is good enough to be in a Formula One car consistently. He's had flashes, but I don't think he's had the consistency. But anyway, yeah. Williams has a requirement with Martini that one of their drivers must be over 25 years old.
1: And Lance is not.
0: Not even close. However, Robert Kubica is.
1: Oh, and that you know, fulfills Williams's desire to have a mature driver with a rookie young driver.
0: Yes and no, in that, yes, he ticks off the age box, but outside of doing these tests, Robert Kubica really hasn't been in a Formula One car since he had his massive accident.
1: Right, but he has history and experience prior to his accident, and maybe not just in Formula One, too. Yeah. But that's that's all important stuff. It could be very interesting, but I'm still concerned about the limited mobility.
0: I think everyone is, and I think that's why he doesn't have a contract. He's just got tests uh, because that's one of the things that I think everybody wants to understand.
1: And I just, you know, the heads up that should Kabitza get a seat, should that actually happen? Much like the first year that we had Max in the car. You know that every headline of every race will be, no matter what he does, it's the first time someone with a disability has done X, Y, and Z.
0: Yeah, it probably will be.
1: So just, yeah, reminders. Oh. Okay, so Rossberg has now joined his management team, mm-hmm. and he's expecting kid number two.
0: Yeah, there was that announcement, too. I,
1: I'm, I'm fleshing this out. I will also say, no one cared. (laughs) Let's get down to the questions that people really care about. Okay. Perez.
0: Oh, that's later.
1: Oh, it just got announced this morning. I thought I was going to trump you on something.
0: No, I've got that for later. (sighs) Okay. Because I'm that good.
1: This is just not fair.
0: Okay, so (laughs) we got confirmation this week, although there's a little bit of a twist. We got confirmation this week that Carlos Sainz Jr. will be driving for Renault next year.
1: Now, is that going to start as soon as next race, Malaysia? Well, that's
0: the the thing that is unconfirmed at this point. Right now, everybody's denying it, and word is that the con that. Carlos's contract will not allow him to make that switch and Red Bull's not willing to go and make that move. Now that being said, Pierre Gasly's already stepped up and said, "Hey, I'm the leading candidate to do this and to take that seat." <laughs> and some of it his some of the response to that has been, "You know, didn't you learn your lesson last year when you played this game?"
1: I know. "See
0: where that went? Dude, shut up." Yeah.
1: I don't know. He should be an interesting addition to the grid if he's already spouting off.
0: Now, the twist, though, is that the announcement said not that Carlos has been released from his contract with Red Bull, but that he is on loan to Renault for the year. And there was further comment from, um, I believe it actually, it may have... I could be wrong, but I think it came from Christian Horner. It may have come from elsewhere in the camp, that he is only on loan with the potential that should a seat become available at Red Bull for 20 not Toro Rosso, but at Red Bull for 2019, that the team could pull him back for that seat.
1: Okay, but gut reaction. What do you think is actually likely? I mean, they're going to lock Verstappen up for as long as they can lock him up. And I don't see them necessarily cutting Ricardo loose in twenty nineteen.
0: Well, see, this is where things get really interesting because Ricardo's contract is at the is up at the end of twenty eighteen. Valteri Bottas was it was announced this week he got an extension for a year. Really, just a year, and again, this is a strategic move on Mercedes' part because. They know of the contracts that are coming up at the end of 2018, and then you add on top of it some of the other games that are going on. we got to work our way through this. We're okay. not quite there yet. So
1: obviously yet. I need a scorecard to follow the games.
0: Yeah, right so, now, I mean, we are truly deep into silly season, and this year
1: is and this into shaping, next year,
0: it could be kind of crazy.
1: Is this shaping up to be what last year should have been? Because last year, remember, 70% of the grid came released last year. And we were like, we were doubling down. Silly season's going to be awesome. There's going to be trades. And everything fell out the same way. I
0: I don't think it's going to be that big. I think what we're seeing is a lot of moves for 2019. And 2019, it looks like, is going to be more than just issues with drivers. So let's 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 work our
1: way to that. Okay. Um, So we have Sainz going from Toro Rosso to Renault. What does that do to Palmer? Well, that
0: pushes Palmer out of his seat. But here's the worst part about his piece of the story. He learned that he was losing his seat the same time we lost it, or we found out about it last weekend when we read about it on Autosport.
1: Oh, poor Julian. Yeah. Oh, that's uncool, Renault. Uncool. Yeah, they're on my list now. I don't like them. Team Banana is dead to me. Okay. You don't. You don't treat a, a driver that way. I'm sorry. You do not. Yeah. It, it,
0: it is definitely the wrong way. Um, I don't know how. I mean, what we don't know is how, A, how that news came out. Because remember, when we talked about it last week, we also said that we didn't have anything that was fully confirmed. Autosport was the only one who was saying this. So there was no official announcement. So somebody leaked it to Autosport.
1: Right. And still, they should have pulled Jolien aside, especially once they learned that there was a leak, because you almost always find out. Before it gets published that there was a leak because Autosport will pick up the phone and go, hey, Renault, you want to make a comment on this? Yeah. And um, the minute they found that out or when it was a done deal, they should have picked up the phone and called Jolien and Jolien's people.
0: Yeah, and I suspect what the initial response was is that there's nothing official.
1: Right. Anyway. Okay, so poor Jolien is now seatless, but that doesn't mean he's not going to come back. It just means <coughs> that currently he has no seat.
0: Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, you know, it's possible maybe a Sauber or somebody like that may may make an effort to pick him up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So a year ago, let's 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 go back a year ago. the The, the situation at McLaren, Ron Dennis was still the boss.
1: So the factory was set at a prime 67 half degrees Fahrenheit.
0: No smudges. Yeah. yeah,
1: there was the Ron Dennis way.
0: There, there was no bring-your-own-garbage Thursdays, anything like that. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, also a year ago, Ron Dennis spoke to the press, and he had this to say, if you'll recall.
1: I honestly believe... The, the next world champions will be after Mercedes will be McLaren. I think we we'll get I think we'll get to that goal before other people.
0: And also if you recall a year ago when we heard this, we mocked Ron incessantly. Uh, yeah now we're a year later.
1: they're not world champion.
0: Ron is out of a job.
1: They're not world champion.
0: And we have – it has now been confirmed that McLaren Honda will not be going forward beyond the end of this year.
1: So couples counseling has failed between Honda and McLaren. Um, There's been a breakdown in communications. They have declared irreconcilable differences, and they are breaking up. Fortunately, they have no customer teams or children that they have to then, um, you know – deal with custody issues of see that's the advantage to not having customer teams (laughs) there's no custody issues so mclaren will be continuing on as a formula one team but what i mean are they going to go with two gerbils and a string for an engine what are they going to do for an engine because two gerbils and a string engine is better than the honda
0: that's true as is (laughs) pedaling more reliable
1: definitely more reliable
0: um Actually, as again, as predicted last weekend, the Toro Rosso deal has happened, so they will be switching to Honda. McLaren will be getting Renault engines. Now, Renault has come out and, and said that um, they will be using McLaren as a quote unquote reference for the works team.
1: A reference. You know, write us a good uh, introduction letter to other teams that might want our engine.
0: Um, Actually, my
1: thought is
0: that, and and actually the way they explained it is they're going to be getting, just like Red Bull, they're supposedly getting the same stuff that the works team gets. Mm -hmm. So where McLaren ends up, as as opposed to the works team, it's the, this is what you clowns need to fix.
1: Exactly.
0: Because we should be better than this.
1: Right, and the thing is, and Zach Brown had this beautiful interview that we saw yesterday um, regarding this whole thing, and one of the things that he kept saying is, our chassis is really good. Mm-hmm. And that's always been what I've held as to why Red Bull outperforms Renault, is that their arrow and their chassis is better than the Renault arrow and chassis, because yeah. they get the same engine, so the power push is the same. How are you utilizing that power is up to the chassis and the arrow. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when you slide an engine that can actually be turned up and one that doesn't blow up regularly, all of those things. So Sh- I have questions. Okay. Okay, so we've got a Renault engine going to McLaren. We've mm-hmm. got a Honda engine going to Toro Rosso, so we should see them on the back of the grid. Um, what does this split strategy for Red Bull Toro Rosso Red Bull do for them going forward what's that happen
0: we haven't gotten to that yet again another one of those we haven't gotten to that yet um the McLaren because there's other things to talk about with this McLaren deal for starters this is a three-year deal so this takes them to 2021 when the engine rules change okay Zach Brown not last week but the week before as things were were going on around uh, Italy s- floated the idea that you know McLaren has the capability to build their own engines. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll look at that. But you also have to, to look at 2021 rolls around, new engine rules coming out, and there's been a lot of interest from engine manufacturers who are not currently in Formula 1, whether that's Cosworth, whether that's Porsche, whether that's Aston Martin, But not Ford. Not Ford. But there's been all of this interest, Ilmore and a couple of others, of possibly partnering with somebody to build an engine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they may not be with Renault long-term. This may be just the three years to get them into that gap before they move to the next phase. Now, Toro Rosso, it has only been announced that it is a multi-year deal with Honda. Um... The folks over at BBC Five Live commented, as they were discussing this, um, it happened to be that Carlos Sainz and uh, Daniel Kvyat were walking down the pit lane. Now, as they pointed out, that since this was post-the-Honda deal, it did not appear that they were walking down the pit lane as fast as they normally would. And they were kind of surprised that they actually made it to the end of the pit
1: lane. Oh, wow. (laughs)
0: Can't take credit for that. i got to give it to... (laughs) You stole that one.
1: Okay, so if we're continuing down what's happening with McLaren, Mm -hmm. the natural next question is, so then the second announcement was that Alonso said, well, since you're doing all of this, I'm still throwing my hands up and I'm going to IndyCar.
0: Well, as of Thursday, Fernando said that they had not started negotiations. Now, we know Friday night... Fernando did meet with the management team at McLaren. Fernando has come out, and he has said, among other things, that he wants to talk with the folks over at Renault regarding the engine development. It is believed, however, that this does open the door to retain Alonso for a year. However, Zach Brown has also come out and said that, you know, it's unlikely that they're going to be willing to let him go drive Indianapolis 500 for 2018. But what he did say that they were willing to do, especially since there wasn't a conflict in 2018, is that they were open to Fernando driving Le Mans. Which is, again, another one of the things that Fernando really, really, really wants to do.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So it's how many different bones can you throw to Fernando to keep him Mm -hmm. in one spot? Okay. All right. So So...
0: My expectation from this is that this is not going to be a championship-winning partnership. I I don't expect McLaren-Renault to be winning championships. No? I do think that with a McLaren-Renault, especially looking at how the Red Bulls have been doing, that there is the potential, as long as the engine is reliable, which has been questionable, as long as the engine is reliable, we could see McLaren drivers on the podium scattered throughout the season the next three years.
1: Well, I think that that would be, I mean, in a way, with how bad it has been lately, um, it would almost be a win. It would be. You know, at first, it used to be if McLaren's could finish a race, it was like a win. Well, I mean, that's what Button used to say.
0: Well, we, mm-hmm. we have that right here. If we can get to the finish, I think it'd be a massive uh, achievement for us.
1: <laughs> See, <laughs> I miss Button. Um, but now if they could actually be on the podium, I think that that's a starting place to get them in the right spot again and definitely get them some momentum. They have been lost without the momentum.
0: Yeah. And. You know, one, one of the other media outlets turned around and said, gee, congratulations, McLaren, nice move. You traded the the, the fourth worst engine on the grid for the third worst engine on the grid. But yes, there's, that is... There's
1: it, a light year of difference between the fourth and the third in this case.
0: There, there's that. There's also the fact that the third worst engine on the grid has a race win. Yeah. It's gotten some podiums. When it works it's actually somewhat competitive with one of the team, not the works team, mm-hmm. but with one of the customer teams, it is a somewhat competitive engine. It needs to be better, and, and that's where I think that there is some potential in this deal to at least move them up the grid and make up some of the difference. I don't know if they're gonna be able to make enough in the prize money to recoup the, hundred, the reported $100 million that they were getting from plus free engines that they were getting from honda i'm gonna assume that fernando is not is going to have to take a pay cut mm. in order to do this but the other question and, and this was one of the other comments is that, that the folks over at the bbc made is that in many respects this was a commercial deal because zach brown if you recall last year right after he was hired he said one of the big things That was his mission and his goal was that he had to increase sponsorship on the car and he had to find a title sponsor, which they have been lacking for several years since Vodafone left. The reality is with the car doing as bad as it is and as unreliable as it is, you can't find sponsors.
1: No. No. And so I, that was what my next question for you was, how much of this, whether or not it's a championship deal, but just to be reliable, to be playing with the big boys, allows them to get some sponsorship to help offset the hundreds of millions of dollars that they're going to lose in order to set them up for the right thing with the new engine supplier?
0: I think that that's going to be a big piece of it. Now, whether or not... Well, first off, I don't think that next year they're going to be able to find enough in terms of sponsorship to make up the hundred and what twenty million dollars when you figure the cost of engines plus the cost of the Honda sponsorship.
1: Well, like, they may not do it in a year, but this is a long game, not a short game.
0: E- exactly, I, I think if they start showing some results and if they start moving up through 2018, it makes 2019. Look more attractive for sponsors. And it gives them a fighting chance to attract, whether it's some new blood or even to bring back some old sponsors.
1: Well, and also keep in mind that this puts them in a position to actually race Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Because with the same engine, it will come down to the different car design. And that's going to be critical to their increased good press. Let's put it that way. Because they've had a, I was going to say press, but they've got a lot of press. Right now, it's just all been bad. So I think that that's going to bode well. I think that this deal, this kind of three-card Monte shift of engines and things like that, is going to be really good for McLaren. I don't necessarily see the good or, like, why Toro Rosso is picking up this Honda engine. I just don't understand why they're willing to do it.
0: Well, there's a couple of reasons. Um, One is... Dietrich Manischetz, the the head of the the Red Bull organization, um, th- he hasn't been happy with Toro Rosso for several years. Yes, it's supposed to be tra- part of their new driver development pipeline, but they haven't brought up a new driver in quite a while. It's expensive to run. I mean, it's a whole other team that it has not been a works team as opposed to the, the Red Bull team, which means they've been paying for engines for this team. And it's always been a midfield group. Mm -hmm. So the thought is you bring in Honda, A, as a title sponsor for this team, because they've never had that before, but also as potentially a works team. They're getting their engines for free, so that cuts their costs. There is this talk of potentially bringing on a young driver, if not two. You know, Carlos Sainz is leaving, so that, that frees up a seat. It's the question of what to do with Danny Kvyat, which...
1: We have opinions. Uh, I'm sure
0: you, you can assume what our opinion on what to do with Danny Kvyat is at this point. Um, <laughs> but the problem How do you
1: it, solve a problem like Danny? <laughs> well,
0: the issue that they've got is Honda's junior has not done enough to earn a super license.
1: And it would be unprecedented to put a non-Red Bull... I mean, they've Red Bull's got a whole formal <coughs> young driver program... Toro Rosso's always used a Red Bull young driver as their up-and-comer. So,
0: But but now it's a slightly different situation because, the, it, I mean, it, it's coming from a partner. But the other piece is, other than Pierre Gasly, there is apparently nobody promising in the Red Bull system right now. That's yeah. okay. That's the other thing is, waiting in the wings, there's nobody else other than Pierre Gasly. So trying to sort that out, um, there have been talks in the past about um, potentially selling off the Toro Rosso team. We've heard Mm -hmm. those rumors a few times. So this could also be potentially laying that foundation for Dietrich Mateschitz to go, Honda, here. Don't know. Yeah. But then there's the other piece. What's it from from a Honda perspective? One Honda is insistent that they um, were not had no intentions and have no intentions to leave F one in the near future. I don't want to talk further out, but in the near future, they have no 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 desire to leave. Um, so this keeps Honda in the sport. Honda's position and and what they announced at the. Um, at the conference, the press conference to announce the the deals and the shifts and all of that stuff, they have set the goal for twenty eighteen to be fighting in the top three. And I, I believe have no words. the assorted pundits went okay, whatever. Yeah, sure.
1: Did they pull that out of Ron Dennis's old drawer? Possibly. Okay. Um.
0: But, but. From a Honda perspective, this takes some of the pressure off of them.
1: Now, I like it from... So, I get why McLaren wants (coughs) the Renault engine. I get why Honda likes the deal with Toro Rosso. I have a really hard time with this whole why Toro Rosso would trade down in engines, but I could see where it could be financially beneficial for them to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. I really like Honda coming in and trying to figure this out in a less pressure cooker environment than trying to take what is historically a top team and putting it to the back of the grid um let's take a mid-pack team and maybe they have a rebuilding year but they can't do a whole lot worse
0: yeah I mean the the odds the likelihood of the management at Toro Rosso slagging Honda every time an engine blows up or at least you know for the first four or five races is pretty slim Later on, it's a different story, Mm -hmm. but overall, the Toro Rosso management is fairly quiet on the state of their engines. There's also a belief, it's not confirmed, that there is a financial deal that is part of this to bring money into Toro Rosso. The expectation is that it's not the $100 million that McLaren was getting, it's significantly less. But it's bringing in additional money that Toro Rosso was not getting.
1: Well, that could be an advantageous, too. Okay.
0: And then you get to the last piece of this puzzle.
1: What is the last piece of this puzzle?
0: The last piece of this puzzle is that reportedly, it's not fully confirmed, but reportedly, and a lot of folks are saying this in the paddock, that Renault has gone to uh, Red Bull and said, Yeah, we've had enough of you guys. And you're getting engines as part of your contract through 2018. On 2019, you're gone. We're not giving you engines anymore. uh,
1: Unlike Toro Rosso, Red Bull is not quiet about their engine partner. Right. And Red Bull is not polite about such things.
0: Now... Christian Horner has been asked repeatedly about this through the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, And every news outlet he speaks with, he says the same thing. We have a guaranteed contract for an engine supply for 2018. Everything past 2018 into 2019, whether it's drivers, whether it's engines, it is all pure speculation.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: We will deal with 2019 once we get into 2018, but we are confirmed this is our lineup, this is our engine for 2018. It is ironclad.
1: As ironclad as something can be in Formula One. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we have, I'm I'm reviewing, we have discussed what's going on at Renault. We've discussed what's going on at Honda, what's going on at Toro Rosso, what possibly could be happening to the push, the drive, uh, the engine for Red Bull. Do you have any other Silly Season information? I do. Shoot.
0: For starters, and again, this is an unconfirmed rumor, but for starters, the rumor flying around the paddock is that for 2018 and the deal is expected to be announced within the next few weeks red bull will have a new title sponsor of aston martin
1: really yes Ooh.
0: now christian horner has said again you can speculate all you like but i'm not going to confirm anything they've got a great relationship with aston obviously working on and developing the valkyrie hypercar for them They're doing a great job. The product is great, and they've got a lot of great stuff in the pipeline. There will be news to follow in weeks to come. Now, you add on top of this, and part of what is fueling this, is Aston Martin CEO Andy Palmer. Now, Andy Palmer brokered the deal with Red Bull for uh, Infinity to be their title sponsor in his previous job. Andy Palmer is reportedly in Singapore and attending the Grand Prix. He spoke to um, Autosport and told them, it's fair to say that one of the reasons I'm here today is to discuss what next season looks like. And within that context, do we or don't we provide an independent, independent engine in 2012 and then join the dots? We like the sport and we are a company that aspires to be as valuable as Ferrari. That doesn't mean that we have to copy Ferrari in every way, shape, and form. We're stronger in WEC, but we but having a presence in F1 is interesting.
1: Very cool.
0: Yeah. So he went on to talk a little more about the engine. He said, I don't know what will happen with the engine. That will depend on how serious the FIA is about bringing the spectacle back to the sport. As a company, we kind of sit in the same world as F1, often with the same engineers, so the technical capability exists. It's just a matter of money. Up to a point, it's okay, but if we're going to continue to have heat recovery systems, no cap on the spend, and as many dynamometer hours as you like, then we'll check out. But if there is a way of making it work, I think the sport would be a lot richer.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So that could bring Aston into play. Oh, that could be super cool. Any other silly season news? Well, the word is that
0: Ru- that Renault settled for Carlos Sainz. Settled? Yes.
1: Who did they ask
0: for? They originally asked for Daniel Ricciardo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like that was going to happen. <laughs> like Ricciardo was going to go to Renault.
0: So, um, well— I'm not sure Daniel was involved in that part of the discussions, but reportedly Red Bull's response to Renault was, aim a little lower.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Okay.
0: So, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo is not making the move, but apparently he was initially of interest to the folks over at Renault.
1: Gee, I wonder why they didn't ask for Verstappen.
0: (laughs) So... Williams. Yeah. Apparently, they have not yet extended an offer to Felipe Massa for next year.
1: I'm sure he's come out and said that he would be very happy to drive in Formula One car next year. He,
0: he has, but he does say that Williams needs to show that it wants Massa if he's going to stay.
1: Oh, did he go to the Fernando Alonso school of negotiating?
0: <laughs> show me a little love. <laughs> Yeah, he says, I'm interested to stay if I think everything around is correct for me to stay. What is the plan for the team? What are the ideas for next year? And the team needs to show that they want to have me inside. If I see that, maybe I stay. If I don't stay, I don't stay. I need to carry on the position I always try to have, and I always have, to be honest. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to next year. If I find a way to stay in a position that I want for myself, everything around the team, then I stay. Otherwise, I don't stay. I'm pretty sure he's been talking to Ron Dennis,
1: because that makes no sense. (laughs) I will stay if I stay. I will go if I go. You can't – we're not going to discuss whether I stay or go until I decide to stay or go. There, I've summed it up for you. Yeah. (laughs) Just remember that Felipe Massa's English is not his first language. Yeah. Yeah it probably isn't easy, even his second language but filipino is really cute and i want to see him more on the grid we haven't seen him at all this season i know did he like start school or something that, maybe that, that's well yeah maybe that's what it is i don't know i would
0: have thought over the summer we would have seen him
1: you would have thought but yeah you know, maybe he had like summer camp or something to go to
0: and as promised because you were hoping for you, you know I was you hoping thought to, you had me to trump you um Sergio Perez will be remaining at Force India for a fifth straight season.
1: So he's not getting the call to drive a little red car anytime soon.
0: Well, we kind of knew that that wasn't going to happen, and at least for the next year, well, going into next year, we weren't going to hear this comment. Kevin, get out of the way. (laughs) We might hear it in 2018, but we're not hearing it for the 2018 season. (laughs)
1: all right so does that sum up all of the moves and shifts and everything like that
0: yeah I think so I believe this is just a one-year deal so all we have left right now is Williams Toro Rosso McLaren and Sauber to confirm their full lineups we know individual seats um Lance isn't going anywhere for a year Toro Rosso both seats a are probably open right now. McLaren, we have one seat because we know that your Flying Waffle will be remaining for next year.
1: And Fernando has to cut his deal. I mean, I think that they are trying to put stuff in place, so I would give that a solid mid, you know, it's, it's not quite a done thing, but it's not over yeah. yet either. So put that in the middle, but Fernando's probably gonna stay at McLaren for another year. Um, Sauber doesn't ever confirm their seats until the very end.
0: Well, it's who's going to bring the biggest check last. Right. And, and I think that's one of the big questions because it puts Pascal Verline in a difficult position. You know, we were originally speculating that maybe Pascal could shift over to Williams, but that was at, without taking into account the 25-year-old age limit that they need for one driver, and I don't believe that Pascal is really over 20
1: i don't know how old pascal is just yet but we can look that up yeah so Spe- speaking of
0: that so the bbc had you'll need to go in and check it out on their website we we, we can't we don't have a great way to, that we can share it uh but the bbc had uh one of their radio commentators and his name is slipping my mind he, he's takes part in every one of the, their Five Live podcasts. But they had a video where he, he showed the notebook that he uses and has in front of him for reference calling the race. And what each part of it is, all the colors that they mean, what little bits of nuggets of information that they have available in the notebook that he can pull out when he needs something. Okay. And it, it's really kind of fascinating. It's a full track diagram with, with the labels for every one of the corners. Um, obviously, the starting grid lineup, what tires they're, they're expected to start with combined with what tires that um, they have available to them throughout the race, anticipated tire strategies, anticipated stop strategies, plus nuggets of information about every single one of their drivers including date of birth how many races that they are in what race number this is for them in their career oh wow yeah really and and it's all handwritten
1: oh i'm gonna have to look that up that stuff that you know that stuff just fascinates me
0: and and yeah they've got it's a series it looks like it's it's about two pages but he's got about two pages worth jack nicholson that's who it is um two pages of data for each race
1: oh wow Cool. I'm going to look that up. That'll be very, very cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So we started the Singapore race this weekend.
0: Yep. This week is Singapore. Um, not always known for great racing, but it has its moments mainly because, as everybody will remind you, there is a 100% chance of safety cars in its 10-year history. This is the 10th year of the Singapore Grand Prix.
1: Right. And there hasn't been one that has not been run without a safety car. Dis- we should tell you something about this race. <laughs> um, okay, so not intended to be a strong Mercedes track. It's much like Monaco in that it's a street circuit with short, tight corners and no long straightaways. So being fast in the corners and slower on the straights is not a disadvantage on Singapore.
0: Now, one of the things that has gotten a lot of buzz um, going into this weekend is Force India revealed some fairly dramatic-looking aerodynamic changes. Okay. Um, They put what the team has called stegosaurus fins on top of the shark fin. Mm -hmm. There are a series of... Actually, it's more than about 30 upright fins that are running along the top of the engine cover. Um, The idea is, apparently, these affect how... The air coming over the engine cover interacts with the T wing. And because of the nature of the circuit, this is the big T wing that comes out. Triple vanes, larger than all the others. This inter- has an impact on the air. Force India said, based on a testing on Friday, that it worked extremely well. They're running it for the race and they will probably run it again in Mexico City. Hmm.
1: Very interesting. Yeah. All right, so little things that you should know when watching Singapore. Uh, the most number of lights makes the track virtually glow in the dark. As we point out every year. Because it's something that's super cool when they do the, the track map, but it glows in the dark. Mm-hmm. The last two years we have had odd things walking on the track. <laughs> um, I'm anxious to see what random thing will walk on the track this year whether it is a dinosaur or a homeless man or possibly just a marshal trying to run to get out of the way of cars.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned that, so I might as well yank out.
1: What is this? They're just a man going for a stroll alongside the track. There, are somewhere in the region of, what, 89,000 fans here this evening, and one of them has thought, you know what? I'll go for a walk on the track. Second safety car of the race. Man
0: on the track, that's why, look, there's someone walking on the side of the
1: circuit. Somebody has managed to get inside the Armco barrier and is walking down the circuit. Would you believe it?
0: There's a fan
1: on the track. There's a fan on the track. What a lunacy. A safety car. Uh, it's coming out again here in Singapore. I'm not quite sure, I believe, what I just saw there, Martin. It, one thing to have someone running down the track protesting, another just to be casually sauntering oh, alongside to the, the track. Yeah. See? <laughs> it happens. Weird things happen in Singapore. Um, so we watched qualifying yesterday.
0: Yeah, and as expected, um, the Mercedes were not really there.
1: Um, I think the word was craptastic. Yeah. Or Eddie used Shambolic.
0: But again, not a surprise. No. The team knew this was going to be an issue. Um, the team spent the better part of Saturday um, defending their decision. Um, the, you know, the, the big issue with the Mercedes cars and, and why they have struggled in Monaco and why they struggle in Singapore and, and similar tracks is it's a longer wheelbase than the other cars. Teams, mm-hmm. so it does not turn in as well on these tight, twisty tracks, and does not do does not perform as well. And the team has spent the better part of Saturday night justifying the decision of why this was the right car. Leave them alone, right? Stop so, asking.
1: So it's very interesting. It's an interesting uh, position to be in. Um. So going into the race today vettel has pole sitting next to him is verstappen and behind them on the second row is both ricardo and reikinen mm-hmm. so and it pushes let's see hamilton's on the third row
0: hamilton's in fifth with Bottas in sixth. is how this started
1: well i'm not going into the race at this point but that's how this is going to set up for today the one thing we do know is one of the reasons why Singapore is run at night. There's two reasons why it's run at night, other than the fact that it's gloriously beautiful, is that Singapore is ridiculously hot. Yeah. So let the sun go down, it can start to cool down a little bit. They normally do stories, I didn't see one this year, about their ice vests and things like, and the ways they keep these guys cooler before the race starts, because there's no air conditioning in these cars.
0: Well, we, we haven't we haven't watched the the... The pre-show, co- the pre-race coverage um, for either for any of the networks yet.
1: True.
0: Um, so we, we haven't seen any of that stuff. Um, there is though the reminder that and Sky did this I think about two years ago. Talked about the changes in, in what the drivers do when it comes to visors for visibility. Right. You know, normally um, they wear these very reflective, heavily tinted uh, visors for a day race, but for a night race, there's a couple of different options that they go for to look to reduce glare, and they don't necessarily go with a completely transparent visor. There is- A yellow seems to be a popular color. a yellow tinting that happens to cut down, apparently, on some of the glare from the lights. But typically, what you get in this race and in Abu Dhabi and in even Bahrain now is you can actually see the driver's eyes and a driver's face through the visor.
1: Which is unusual because you don't see that in a yeah. day race. Um, who was that? There was, it was Duresta. It was, it was Paul Duresta. And who he took about the that. visors and put it up against the camera so you could see what the yep. different looks were. It was a really good piece that Sky did um, a couple of years ago. Um, so yes, that's a, a very cool thing. The other reason that Singapore tends to ru- does run at night is that it tends not to rain after a certain time in Singapore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we have gotten word now we haven't started to watch the race yet, but we have gotten word that Singapore will be the this year will be the first ever nighttime wet race. Yeah. If only we had Maldonado.
0: i i suspect there are a few other drivers on the grid who will be able to fulfill that role for you
1: i hope so i hope so anyway (sighs) he's not i don't think he's as crashy as maldonado
0: he's not as crashy as maldonado but i do believe that his inexperience will have an impact
1: but I think that he, unlike Maldonado, the thing I'm seeing with Stroll, and I'm not a huge Stroll fan, so don't get me wrong and don't put words in my mouth. I'm seeing him moving along the maturity curve. He's yeah. picking it up. He's figuring it out. He's learning. I never saw that out of Maldonado. I always saw him continue to be...
0: He, he continued to do the same things and he continued to blame everybody else and I and I won't go and pull out the the, the sound clip from David De- Cothard and, and and company on well no a- actually it, it's you
1: <laughs> yeah now when you when you're the center of all of these different incidents you need to stop and think whether or not it's you now thank you for mentioning David Cothard because the other thing I need to mention <laughs> is that it looks that David Cothard and Eddie Jordan this week on the Channel 4 coverage were competing for the Titus Pants Award <laughs> and somebody needs to tell eddie that the pink shoes did not work well with his outfit
0: uh, well
1: very sedate shirt for eddie though
0: yeah it, it was for, for eddie jordan that was a very very calm shirt
1: yeah but his pants were too tight and his shoes were too pink <laughs> um so yes um that that is my fashion uh, commentary of yesterday's qualifying on channel four so Do you have any other news of Formula One to share? I actually
0: do. So I should actually pull this out first. Um, There is talk after discussion from the teams and uh, even the FIA to take a look at the shark fins at the next League of Super Evil. Really? Yes. Yes. What are they going to look at them for, ugliness? No, actually, with the change in the regulations that occurred around Barcelona and the requirement for bigger um, uh, numbers, driver numbers, and having some, a driver identifier on the car, the teams have realized that you take away the shark fins, you're taking away a good chunk of, of sellable sponsorship space on the car. Mm-hmm. Because that, that information needs to move off of the shark fin to somewhere else on the car. Oh. So the teens have all of a sudden realized that, you know, if we make this move, you know, people may complain about how ugly this is, but if we make this move, we could potentially lose some money. So as a result, there has been a call to go back to the strategy group to reconsider the removal of the shark fins. With the um, wording, the rules so that they are to be exclusively used for displaying of the number and driver identification.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Thereby preserving sponsorship piece. The, but as what they would not do is they would not lift the ban on T wings and similar fins. It would just be the shark fin on the engine cover and nothing else
1: but you know what that does do that i have to say is a kind of a cool thing it puts the number and the identifier in the same spot yes on every car because while it is a great spot for that it's not all not all the 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 teams are are doing doing it it. and And so you're kind of if they do a side shot Mm -hmm. of the car you're kind of scanning and going okay where is it
0: yep so there's that there's one other change that is being proposed to the strategy group and that is to ban the monkey seat now if you're not not familiar with what the monkey seat is it's on the rear of the car um where the exhaust uh exits the the car there's a fin that goes up and over and around the exhaust pipe okay um and has been used for aer- to improve aerodynamic efficiency back there. But where the concern is, and there's no confirmation that anybody has done this, but where the concern is, is that the team could turn around and engineer the flow of the exhaust so that it would blow over the fins on the monkey seat and possibly do and give them an aerodynamic advantage. And remember, blown exhausts are illegal now. So the idea is take away the monkey seat. You take away the possibility that a team could blow their exhaust through, over, around the monkey seat and gain an aerodynamic advantage through a blown exo- exhaust type system.
1: A blown exhaust that's not a blown exhaust?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: I'm quite sure somebody's going to write a letter.
0: If there's a suspicion that it's happening, yeah. But And, and I bet if they don't ban the monkey seat, that a letter will get written by somebody.
1: What it's going to f- be framed at it, framed as is, I'm thinking about doing this thing and want a ruling on whether or not it would be legal. Yeah.
0: But the expectation at this point, um, at least from Force India's technical director, is that the shark fin um, will be coming back in 2018. Specifically because of the fact that they want sponsorship location they don't want to lose that for
1: a technical regulation of the name and number yeah if they paint it right if they make it an integrated part of the car i mind the shark fin less it's when we got to melbourne and started seeing them all basically bolted on and it was like well I
0: i think the red bulls do it well Um, I don't think the Williams has done it particularly well. Um, Yeah, I get that they continued the flow of their stripes across it, but it's a lot of just blank, empty space. Where the Red Bulls flowing the bull back across the fin, I think makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't think all of the teams have necessarily integrated it well into their design.
1: And that, I think, is a function of they decided to put it on very late probably after they have done the livery so they stuck it on and that's yeah. in melbourne particularly and some have improved the design as the year has gone on in melbourne particularly they all look like they just got like duct taped on yeah all right do you have anything else i don't i need to go watch singapore <laughs> it's a need okay so can we call it a show
0: on that note i think we will call it a show
1: Are so glad you came. Bye bye. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye
0: bye. Bye bye now. Bye. Bye bye. Remember, please discard all
1: candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) Okay. Are they all gone? Uh, Is 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 everybody gone? (laughs) Huh? Good.